Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. We are glad you are taking advantage of this resource. If you would like to find out more information about our church or connect with us, go to cornerstonebv.org. You can also check us out on our Facebook page, at CornerstoneBV. We hope that the message today impacts your life and draws you closer in your walk with Christ. All right, amen. You can have a seat. How are we doing this morning? Doing all right? All right. At least someone, at least Andrew's doing well. Anyone else doing okay too? All right? Okay, good. Hey, um, oh, I forgot I have something for you guys. My office here. Let's go. All right. Got one for everyone, all right? Just the moms, actually, right? Just uh, moms here. Um, sorry, your mom, I almost knocked you out, Becky. I'm sorry about that. I got actually kind of laughing. I don't know how, what your church background is, but do you remember the days when they used to hand out flowers to, like, the oldest mom? We stopped doing that because I felt like, here, congratulations on being old. That's all I always felt like that was. So um, we stopped doing that. But blessings to all of our our moms. We'll we'll be sure to pray for you. Um, But, you know, I got thinking about gifts. And when we see these big packages, right, especially kids, eyes light up. Like, the bigger, the better. I know some of our ladies in the room, some of our moms, the small little boxes are what you're looking for, right? Uh, that's the good stuff. Our teenagers looking for a little bit bigger, the iPhone 17 or whatever they're up to now. Uh, could be in that thing. Whatever your deal is, but whenever you get a box, it's like just, just full of anticipation, right? It's a gift, right? And, and it reminds you, maybe thinking about times in your life where you were impacted by a gift that, that like, you were just like, that was awesome. You still remember it was years ago. Right, I, I remember um, a Christmas morning, um, I convinced my dad to go downstairs for everyone else. He, I promised I wouldn't look, peek at the gifts. I just went with him. He had to get the coal stove going. I didn't grow up in the 1800s, so just want to promise you that, all right, when you had a coal stove. And, and we went down, and he's, he's lighting up the stove, and, and I promised not to peek. And I put my head down, and I peeked, right? And I saw the corner of my eye, right? This other eye. It wasn't alive, all right? But it was, turned out, a giant stuffed panda bear. And I was like, yes, I loved that gift. And uh, I had that thing, I think, into college. My college roommate's like, man, we can't have stuffed animals in this room. The girls don't like that, you know? And, and I, was, I just remember that gift. But then there's also the gifts where you're just so disappointed. I've been crying about once for over 40 years now. Um, just ask my brother because he was there. And uh, he, our parents did this game where they, they put uh, little notes in the tree. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Like means there's going to give you a clue to a gift that's so awesome we can't even put it under the tree. You've got to go find it, right? This is so exciting. My older sister went first, and uh, this will show you how old I am. She was so psyched to find a brand-new typewriter. She was a bit of a nerd, but we love her. Uh, and she was so psyched by that. I'm like, oh, wow. She got to, what are we going to get, right? And, and so next, of course, would be my brother because I'm, I'm the, the third in line. And, but my parents go, oh, you two have the same gift. I'm like, I can never have anything by myself, right? The third kid. I was going to share. So I'm already, like, oh, suspicious. So we open it up, and your gift is in the basement. I'm like, whoa, it's so big they couldn't even bring it up. And so we go down. And it was, it was a brand new set of weights and a weight bench. I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? My brother from that point on became an avid weightlifter. And as you can tell by me, I protested weights. 
my entire life to this day, right? Protested it because I was so disappointed. I've been crying about it for over 40 years or somewhere around that. And, you know, but, we, but gifts are awesome. And, and what I wanted us to do, when we look at Acts chapter 2, we're talking about two very specific gifts, the greatest gifts, right? The gift of salvation and for his people who have that salvation, the gift of a spirit, filling of a spirit. And yet, we talk about this a lot, right? So just a reminder for a lot of us, but gifts are gifts. They're free. There's someone gives it to you because they care about you, and they love you, hopefully, and there's no strings attached, right? It's, it's not because you've done something and they owe you. That's called a paycheck, right? And it's not given to you, or it shouldn't be. We've all had those gifts where someone gives it to you, like, now i got to give them a gift, right? i got to give. That's called a bribe, all right? But the gifts from God are free, but we have to open them, right? We have to receive them by faith. Otherwise, I could, if I handed all these out to you, and you'd be very disappointed in this empty box, right? But I could hand these out, and, and you'd be like, wow, I have this gift. And if you leave it on the pew and you go home, it's not yours. You have to open it, right? By faith, we open the gifts God gives us. And so as we look at Acts chapter 2, at least the first part of it, that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's pray. Father, we, we do um, come before you, and we're so grateful for uh, the, the freedom to be able to gather and worship your name. Lord, we're so grateful for um, the mothers who are here in this room, Lord, and joining us online as well. We're grateful for the, such a noble calling. Bless them. We also pray you'd bless with comfort those who are struggling today because it's Mother's Day for one reason or another. Give them peace. And Father, I pray that you would do a work. You'd, you'd do what we're talking about in your word. Fill us with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit so that my words might not fall to the ground, that they might, that, that they'd be your words, Lord. They would be impactful to change us, real genuine change more towards you, Lord Jesus. And it's in your name we humbly pray, all God's people said, amen, amen. Um, so uh, I do want to just, uh, I've already kind of mentioned it, but I want to uh, be, if I haven't seen you personally, to wish all of our moms a really awesome Mother's Day. Um, I hope your family gives you great honor, at the very least rest, and that you just celebrate our moms. I hope you gather. I hope you have, if that's what you want, if you just want to be left alone, then be left alone. Uh, but I hope we celebrate good food, good drink, not the stuff in the box, you know what I mean? I know it's a Baptist church. Grape juice. We're talking about grape juice, right? Um, but whatever your mom and your life wants, be sure to celebrate. But also, as I just prayed, and I give this speech every year, is it's also a tough day for some. Maybe some of you have lost your mom, or uh, you wanted to be a mom and never could be, or you've lost a child, or something, right, that makes this a bit of a tough day. And so, as God's people, right, what do we do? We rejoice with those who rejoice. We mourn and weep with those who mourn and weep. And, and uh, so some of us, me included, it's a mixed bag. I've got moms in my life that I'm celebrating, and I also have a mom that I uh, don't have anymore, so it's a little of both, right? So, so that's what we do as God's people. So I hope, moms, you have an amazing, amazing day. Um, and, and so we're, we're in this series in uh, the book of Acts, and we're already in chapter 2, moving right along. Um, and so we'll put it on the screen, but if you want to open it uh, in your own Bibles, if you brought them, it's chapter 2, verse 1. Uh, by the way, I did put out there, we also emailed out and we have on our website, uh, the sermon breakdown. Uh, and that's what we're calling it. It's not a, like a study guide or a reading guide like I've given before. It's just very simple. It just says the weekend dates, 
probably got them wrong, but thereabouts, and uh, the, the, the passage that we're covering. Because some of you like to read ahead, and uh, so if you don't care, don't worry about it. But if you do, grab one on the uh, welcome desk there on the way out, or just grab it online on our website. Um, and, and so uh, what, we've, what we've seen already is Jesus ascends to heaven, but before he does that, he gives them this mission, and it's an impossible mission. And remember, there's, there's probably about our size group, or maybe a little more. There's a little over 100 people uh, there, and, and, and they're disciples of Christ. And he says, hey, I'm, I'm sending you to the ends of the earth to share this gift of salvation in my name, right? And, and that's impossible. How are they going to do that? She says, I want you to wait in Jerusalem because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Spirit that's going to make it go from impossible to possible. That's why we're sitting here today. Think about that. Massachusetts, right? United States of America, like we're, we're completely across the, the world from where this began, right? We are here because this mission isn't impossible. It's still not. But they had to wait. So they're devoted in prayer, waiting for the Spirit. And so chapter 2, and, and very famous passage. A lot of us have, have read this, and I'm not going to read it all, as I said, just a portion uh, of it. But, but as we get, this is a great opportunity for me to remind you that Acts is a literary genre of narrative. It's specifically historical narrative. That just means it's true. Right? You get a fictional narrative that you read, a novel, but you also have historical narrative. And the Bible's full of different types of writing, and you approach those things differently. It's all God's word, but a psalm, which is poetry, right, in song, it's a little bit different than, than narrative or a letter or an epistle. And I say that because narrative specifically, we have to be careful. That narrative is sometimes we want to make everything in the narrative normative. You know what I mean by that? Right? That everything that happened to those people are supposed to happen to us. Right? And, and, and a lot of damage has been done to souls that way. And we're not going to do that. Okay, the, the biggest, for instance, if I was talking about the end of Elijah's ministry, the prophet, and I was preaching to you, right, now, if you have as much faith as the prophet Elijah, you too will be carried up to heaven in a chariot of fire. You'd probably fire me, right? I hope. Because that would be dangerous practice. Be saying, they happen to Elijah. It's not going to happen to you. I mean, maybe it will, but it's not normative, right? It's not going to happen to all of us. And so the, the key is there is beautiful truths we take out of it for all of us. And the most important things, right, that we will, if you're a believer, be filled with the Spirit. Absolutely. And what that means. But some have said, hey, you're going to have to have this miraculous occurrence where there's, that, that happened to them. And before that, you just have to wait or you have to have more faith or whatever. And, and it starts to rank, maturity in Christ, and all this stuff. And, and we just want to make sure that this was an initial giving of the Spirit, so it's a miraculous event. And we're going to see in Acts, it happens a couple more times, when the gospel goes to the Samaritans, and when the gospel goes to the Gentiles, and a guy named Cornelius' house. And so that's what you do with narrative. You pull out the beautiful principles there, but you don't expect everything to happen exactly the same to us, okay? All right, so let's, let's get to it. Uh, Luke, who's writing this, he, he says, now when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were, that's like the 120 or so people, right, all together in one place. It must have been a big house, but there they were. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Now, first of all, it's Pentecost. 
Um, we as Christians associate it with this event. But Pentecost is actually the feast of first fruits. If you remember Leviticus, we talked about the different feasts. And it was 50 days, so in the Greek, Pentecost, right? 50 days after Passover. Um, and it was one of the favorite feasts or holidays of the Jewish people because it was a kind of usually fell depending on the, the year in early June and they would gather and it was a celebration of God's harvest. They'd bring their first fruit, but they would celebrate. They'd celebrate God. They'd celebrate with one another and it was festive. It was fun. Think about your early summer parties, Memorial Day, 4th of July, right? It's just, it's just good weather, family, friends. It's fun, right? And that's what they, they did. And so that's this day. It, it, it arrived. So a lot of people are in the city. A lot of people are, are, are really festive and, and around. And it was that day that in the house, they hear like a tornado. Right? And, and I'm, I don't, is that what a tornado sounds like? I don't think so. But anyway, you get my point. And, and, and in one, in, in this place, but it says it's, it's a, a sound like a mighty rushing wind. Right, so it wasn't actual wind. Someone didn't open a window, right? Like today, every time someone opened the door, everything was blowing all over the place. It was like, they didn't really know how to explain. It's a miraculous event. And often in the Old Testament, wind would, would represent the presence of God. Like if you read Ezekiel in the Valley of Vision, the dry bones, the breath of God came like a rushing wind and brought new life to the bones. Right? So, so that it represents here in a powerful way is God's presence. And, and so they're, they're sitting there like, wow, like this is, what, what's going on here, right? And it continues even crazier. And divided tongues as of fire, so again, not actual fire, as of fire, this did not explain it, right? It says, appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, Right? So as we're going to see, this is other languages that they didn't know. It's a miraculous filling of the Spirit. And, and uh, the, 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 the crazy thing here is that these f- tongues, it's every single one gets one. Men, women, even the kids who were believers. Like they had a probably like, man, I, I didn't realize. I would have thought maybe the apostles or, or the super Christians, like everyone. And this is crazy because in the Old Testament, the filling of the Spirit was typically for um, uh, temporary and very specific prophets, priests, kings, that kind of thing, right, for a task to be done, a mission for God. But here, for the first time ever, is a, is a filling of the Spirit for every believer. So telling us that this is a mission for every single one of us. Right? No matter who, like, there's new Christians in this group, right? Some of them have only been a Christian a month, right? They saw the resurrected Christ. Like, oh my, oh, wow, right? And, 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 and there they are. They have the Spirit uh, filling them. And, and so out of that, they start to speak in other languages. Verse 5. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered. Because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? Galilee, that's like the country, and the country bumpkins. They're in the city, and they got this weird dialect. They're Galileans. Everyone knew for whatever reason. It says, Aren't they Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? 
Now, uh, th- so these Jews are from all over the different place, right? Because of all the various <laughs> events in the past, like Babylon and Assyria, Jews have settled in all different places. And diff- now they have different languages, different cultures, different skin colors. Diff- like it's, right, what unifies them is their faith. And, and they're there in Jerusalem, um, and they're hearing their native tongue, Right? Now, they could have spoke probably Aramaic or Greek because they, a lot of them knew those languages, but they were all hearing their native tongue where these Galileans had no business knowing this language. It's a miracle because they're filled with the Spirit. Right? So they're, 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 they're crazy uh, astonished at this. And, and, and Luke gives us sort of this uh, uh, you know, geographic lesson to show us, man, it's from everywhere. Right, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, I can never say that word, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, so those who weren't born Jewish but became Jewish, right? Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And so what were they saying? This wasn't some just chaotic thing. They were they had come out. At some point, they come out of this house after they're filled with spirit, and they're, they're all talking, but, and then other people who are hearing the sound come and gather. We, we find out later it's at least a few thousand people, right? And they're gathered in the open, and they're hearing, right, these Galileans speak in their native tongue. They shouldn't be able to speak, and what are they saying? They're talking about, and I love this, the mighty works of God. They weren't given a weather report, right? They were talking about who God is, what he's done, why he should be praised. Isn't it a beautiful thing to be able and a privilege to be able to speak and hear of the mighty works of God? These people would have represented people who were having a great time in life, others who were hurting badly. People who were stressed about all kinds of things. People who were sick. People who were un- unhappy or being hurt in some way. All, they would have ranged the gamut, all those people, just like we range in here. Right? And yet, they get to hear of the mighty works of God. Never, ever take that for granted. Because we need to hear the mighty works of God, not just in church, not just on the mountaintops of our life, but in the deepest valleys. This past week, I, was, I got three different phone calls in like a day and a half uh, uh, asking me to do funerals. I'm like, man, sometimes he's coming in waves, you know? Can't schedule those things, I guess, right? And, and um, w- w- two of them are still in the future, but, but one of them uh, I did on Friday, and I just kind of last minute threw it on, on Facebook because I know um, it was just a good way to get some people praying, and I just said, hey, pray. And there's a reason why I asked that. Because I knew it was going to be a really, really, like all of them are sad, but some are sadder than others, right? This one was a little bit more uh, tragic, younger guy, and, and um and I knew it was going to be a lot of, of hurt in that room. And, and, and I was in, it was at a funeral home, kind of a smaller room. It was a little bit of an awkward setup. Everyone was sort of in a circle more than like this. So you kind of, you know, don't really know where to look. But I knew in that room that, that when, I, when I was going to speak, my, my hope, what I wanted to do was speak to those people of the mighty works of God. And it's one thing to do that in church, right? But to do that in a place of such deep grief and brokenness, the only way I was ever going to be able to do that is if I'm filled with the Spirit. Because not, you're, you're not going to trick people with smooth talking words or some illustration or whatever. It's just it's not going to work. 
never works, but it's definitely not going to work in that situation. And so I knew the best way to be filled for that task with the Spirit of God is to get people praying. And so many did, right? That, that even in that, because what I wanted them to know is even in their grief, that when we know Christ, as Paul said, we grieve, but not as those who, who have no hope. That there is hope. There is a God who saved. There's a God who rescues the lost. There's a God who redeems the unredeemable. And, and that's what they were talking about. Right? I don't know exactly. It's a summary from Luke. But you're, you would have heard in your own tongue, this guy shouldn't have, or even woman shouldn't have been saying, talking to you about Jesus. What's happened? What's, what's been done? And, and it, you're crazy astonished. It says it again in verse 12. All were amazed and perplexed. Like everyone's like, what is going on? All right? and, and saying to one another, what does this mean? I love that. If you're here for whatever reason and you're, you're not sure, you're not a Christian yet, we're so glad you're here, by the way, but you're like, I'm not really sure about this. I'm not really sure it applies to me. I'm not really sure I believe that, right? Not a believer yet. But you, like when Bob invited you during the Lord's Supper, to just consider it. What does this mean? What does it mean that there might be a God who loves me, a God who I desperately need? Please, if that's you, be in this camp. Because God will do mighty things with someone who just seeks and just says, what does this mean? Don't be in the second camp, verse 13. But others, mocking, said, huh, they're filled with new wine, meaning they're drunk. Like, I don't know about you, but I've seen drunk people before. They don't learn new languages, right? They struggle with the one they know, as a matter of fact, right? But, 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 but they are mocking, and, and you're always going to get this, because what this is, is no matter what they see in a miraculous thing from God, or just see in maybe someone's life, or they see God do something, they can't, it's not that they won't, it's not that they can't believe, it's that they won't believe, right? They have to find any explanation to stay in their worldview that there can't be a God. So they'll come up with it, oh, all this crazy, amazing stuff that's happening, they must be drunk. They must be drunk. Two different camps. I pray if you're not yet a believer, fall at least in that first one. Ask, what does this mean? What could it mean? So in response to this, right, and I promise you, I'm only going to give you the first little portion. We're not going through his whole sermon. It's going to be the probably outside of Jesus, the most famous sermon ever, uh, right, from Peter. And, and we'll, we'll deal with most of it next weekend. But, but, but in response, Peter is standing with the 11. So all 12 apostles are together in this. Peter just speaks. Right? He lifts up his voice, and there's thousands of people there. He addressed them. He said, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. I love that. I should start saying that, huh? You'd be like, oh, Jamie, be quiet. Who do you think you are? I, I, but but he, he stands up, and he, he, he boldly is going to be. And, and by the way, I know you think, well, oh, it's Peter. Of course he does. This is the same Peter 50 days ago was in the puddle of his own tears because he had just told a little servant girl that he didn't know Jesus. And now he's going to stand up and he's going to proclaim the gospel and maybe die for it. This is a message. He just watched Jesus get crucified. Right? This isn't some little church where everyone's excited. This is a potential uh, problem that could end his life. What changed in 50 days? What changed is not only did he see the resurrected Christ, but he's filled with the Spirit. And so when we talk about every believer in this room, every believer who hears this, you know that you're filled. You have the opportunity to be filled with the Spirit. This isn't just some super Christian thing. 
This isn't just Peter and the apostles. The tongues came on every single person. And if you ever say, oh, I can't do that. I can't do it. I, I, not me. How could I? What you're doing is you're forgetting who you are. An adopted son or daughter into the family of God filled with the Spirit to be on mission for him. Right? And so, so Peter stands up. And I, I love this. He's, <laughs> I find some humor. I, I feel like maybe he was... Uh, um, a, a, a little bit amused, but knowing Peter, he's probably angry, but who knows. He says, for these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day, which is 9 a.m., okay? But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. So he's like, we didn't have a keg party at 6 a.m., people. Even you have to realize that's a dumb explanation for what you're seeing. A bunch of drunk people at 9 a.m. That's not happening. Certainly not amongst devout Jews. They're not going to do that. Um, and so, so now what he's going to do, and, the, and he's going to preach this whole sermon, which most of it we'll see next weekend, but I want to see the portion where he quotes the prophet Joel, from, specifically from chapter 2. And this quotation comes from a time when Joel told the, God's people they, they had sinned, God had judged them, right? But they had repented, and God had saved them. And so Joel is telling them, hey, you think this is awesome? Wait till the end of days what God will do. Right? So he begins to prophesy of the, of the end of days. He says, and in the last days it shall be, let me change the slide for you, and in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, right? Everyone. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams even on my male servants and female servants. In those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And, and, you know, again, everyone. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes. So that's the end, right? The great and magnificent day. Here's where we land. And it shall come to pass that everyone, that everyone, like this, to us, we take for granted, to them, was crazy. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Not just the prophet, priest, or king. Not just the Jews. Not just the, the holy people. Not just the, anyone who says, I need you, Lord, will be saved. That's what the prophecy was in the latter days. Now, uh, Joel, like a lot of the prophets, he looked at the last days, right, like um, you might look from a distance at a mountain range. And when you see a mountain range, it looks like one range, right, from a distance. And so that's how Joel saw it, as one kind of event. And, 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 but what happens when you get closer to a mountain range, you start to see there's a mountain and there's another one, right? And it goes a lot deeper than you saw from a distance. And so Joel and a lot of the prophets didn't realize that a lot of these things are going to happen in a span of time. And so some of this, the giving of the Spirit and the ability for all to be saved has already happened, right? But some of this stuff has not happened yet. It will as we get closer and closer to the day of the Lord. But the crazy thing is here is the Spirit's going to be given to everyone and all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved, right? The gift of salvation is for you. And I mean you and you. Like there's nothing stopping you from the gift of Jesus Christ except maybe you don't want to open it. And you leave it on the table. Remember, it's not yours if you leave without it. 
But it's not strings attached. It's not, well, once you clean up this area of your life. It's a free gift of salvation. All who call in the name of the Lord will be saved. I don't know where you're at. Are you taking that for granted today? Because sometimes we do. Right? Because, I mean, we, we can start to get kind of cleaned up and start forgetting who we were. We got pasts in the room, right? Like, what if, what, what if I was able to miraculously get, I was going to say highlight, but we'll call it a low lights of my life since I was, say, a teenager. You probably excuse some of my behavior before that. But at that point, it's like, okay, you got to clean up some stuff. And we were to play the lowlights of my life. Things I've done, things I've done to people, things I've said, things I've thought. We'd get like a tenth of the way through. You'd be calling for my job, wouldn't you? This guy shouldn't be a pastor. Look at him. Until I said, but afterwards, we got a reel of your life. Suddenly, you'd be like, whoa, 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 let's not be too hasty. Because we all got a past. And the more we forget it, the more we lose patience with those who don't know Christ. Why are they acting like that? Because they're lost. They're acting like lost people who need Christ, who need God. Right? And so we can easily forget that. And, 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 and if, that's why we always say, preach the gospel to yourself every day. Remember who the war, wonderful wonder works of God that, that, that he has done in your life. And, and you'll grow in humility. And if you don't, like, this isn't about you waking up and saying, i got to do something about my sin. Jesus took it all, right? He paid it all. So you're not going you to pay off any sin. And this is definitely not about creating some new edition of yourself. I don't care how many life coaches you got. It's not happening. Right? But Jesus didn't just die. He rose, right? So that means new life is given to all. It's a gift. And it says, to all. I don't care what your skin color is. I don't care where you're originally from. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care if you've been in prison and someone watching online from death row. You can be saved if you call on the name of the Lord. Man, it's a gift like none other. There's no other religion on the planet that says that. It's always about a system of do's and don'ts. This is just call on the name of the Lord. That is opening the gift God's given you. His own son. It's for you. Come in faith. Common faith. And, and, and lastly, this for because I know there's a lot of you who are Christians in the room. I, I know that, right? Don't forget the gift of the Spirit for you too. Like we're not going to get the tongues of fire, but if we did, you'd have one. Isn't that crazy? Like, it wouldn't just be me. I'll give it to the pastor. He needs help. Well, I do need help, and I'd have one, but you do too. You see, we, we, we forget. Sometimes we, because we live in a, a, a culture, it's very spectator, that we forget. You think you're watching a game. You're on the bench with a uniform. The coach puts you in the game. You're like, me? Oh, oh I have a uniform on. I can't. I mean, maybe, imagine this. You're, you're in the movies watching the, the latest you know, Marvel movie that came out. I think it's the most recent one's Doctor Strange. But if you haven't gotten there yet, let's just say Spider-Man or something like that. And you got your popcorn. You got your, you know, your cola or whatever you're drinking. And, and, and you're, you're watching. Oh, this is great. It's great. All of a sudden, the movie screen stopped. Right? You're like, oh. I paid $80 for this or whatever they're charging for movies now, right? And, and out comes Spider-Man or Doctor Strange or some epic hero with superpowers, right? And they point to you and they say, hey, come on in. You want to fight with us? You're going to have superpowers? You're going to be part of this epic adventure. What would you do? Well, first you'd be like, what is in this popcorn that I'm eating? Like, right? But hopefully you'd be like, oh, man, I want to do that. It's scary. That's, that's putting something on the line. I'm not just watching anymore. I'm a part of it. And that's scary and it's exciting and it's exhilarating. There's a reason why every one of us love epic stories and contests. 
We just do. Because God wired you that way. Because, because he made us to be part of the most epic story ever, most epic mission ever, to take that gospel to the ends of the earth. So that might mean some of you going to the mission field to another country, but it could just mean the mission field of your house. And, and, and it might be for you, you're just weary as a, a parent or a grandparent, and you forgot that the only way you're going to do anything is by the filling of the Spirit. Right? I mean, I, I know a lot of you have only known me since being a, a pastor, but trust me, if I go back to my hometown and you say, oh yeah, and some of them on social media might see a clip of me preaching, they're like, this guy? This goofy, lanky dude who walks funny and was a, he's, someone's listening to him? No, nobody's listening to me. You're listening to the filling of the Spirit because that is the only way that anybody changes. But it should give you confidence so you're just invited in. This isn't, hey, this isn't a guilt trip. I, I don't give guilt trips because I learned a long time ago. Guilt trips get you to the car, right? Like you'll be like, oh, man, the pastor yelled at me. I better do You get in your car, you forget all about it. Let's go out to lunch, right? But an, but an inspiration, an invite in to the most epic story of who you are and where you are. Now, I'm not asking you to take 70 steps, give up your life and, and go out to another country. Maybe God's calling. I'm, not, I'm just saying, what's the step that he's calling you to take? That step that he said, you're like, I'm afraid. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I, right? That, that you forget. You're filled with the Spirit to do that. You're filled with the Spirit to keep loving your wife like Christ loved the church. Filled with the Spirit to keep, man, being uh, uh, an example for Christ to your kids, teaching your grandkids. Filled with the Spirit to be able to share. You, that coworker who's been saying, oh, you go to church and you're just sort of avoiding them instead of share your story, who you are, what Christ has done. You're going to get some mocking, right? You're, you're drunk. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm at work. What are you talking about? Right? Whatever they might say that they said to, to, to Peter and the apostles and the disciples. But you're also going to get a lot of people that are going to be like, oh, tell me more. What could this mean? What could this mean? He's invited us in. Maybe it's a, a, a ministry or maybe it's um, uh, just, you know, sh- praying for someone. I don't know. But everyone can have one step, just one, to get in that game, to get in that adventure that God's called you to. No wonder why so many of us are bored with Christianity. You're sitting, it's a pretty boring movie. Like this up here, what I'm doing is a boring movie. Stay home and watch a Marvel movie. way more exciting than this. But when you realize what we're really doing here, you're not bored anymore. You now say God's going to move and he's going to use us. He's going to fill us and he's going to do miraculous things as we take the message to the ends of the earth. And I want to be a part of it. Let's pray for that. Let's pray. God, I'm praying for your spirit to fill each Christian in this room. Fill us, Lord, with boldness and courage and clarity like you filled Peter, the apostles, and the disciples, and the so many men and women, boys and girls throughout the ages of whom's back we stand here today because they carried this message. Lord, let us just simply see it as our time. Our time. It's, it's our time, Lord. You've, you've put us in the neighborhoods, communities, and workplaces, and families, and, and places where we live. You've put us there. Help us to not see it as random. Fill us with the Spirit when we need to speak to someone, when we need to pray for someone, when we need to do something. Give us energy and and focus and clarity. 
Oh, give us boldness. Lord, would you help us to see the fruit? I know it's not promised to us, but help us to see what you're doing to inspire us to continue to do more. I pray to use us in a mighty, mighty way. Change lives because we've been here. Eternal lives are at stake, Lord. God, I pray also for those who came in here and and they started asking that question, what does this mean? You stir them up to know this gift of salvation is for them if they would call out to you. They would leave their old lives behind and say, I want and need you, Jesus. Show them, please, Lord, don't leave them alone until they come to know you're the only way. They might come to put their faith, cry out to you, open the gift that you've given them. Lord Jesus, May this song and may our lives as we leave here, may it bring you the praise and glory that you and only you deserve. It's in your precious holy name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.